Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. We didn't get to game recaps yesterday, so let's do some today. Starting with Hornets Warriors, Devontae Graham is now. Well, he's the leading candidate, in my opinion, for most improved player. He hit 10 threes in this game, gave Golden State a taste of their own medicine, or what used to be. 33 points for Graham, 25 from Rogier, and a 106 91 win for the Hornets. Lakers Blazers. LeBron and AD combined for 70 in the win. The Lakers are playing at an at an insane level right now. Sitting atop the Western Conference at 23 and 3, a half game back of the Bucks for the best record in the league. Carmelo Anthony in this game, 15 points, 3 rebounds and 3 steals, playing against LeBron 16 years after being drafted just two picks apart. LeBron of course number 1 overall, Melo number 3. And it's just crazy the difference in where they are in their careers at this point. LeBron is still going strong, one of the best in the league, and some may argue that he's the best of all time. Meanwhile, Melo was out of the league for a significant amount of time and just joined Portland on a non-guaranteed contract, which, by the way, became guaranteed a short time ago. Melo is on a fully guaranteed contract with the Blazers. By the way, the final score in this one, 136-113 to L.A., Lakers Timberwolves LeBron and AD combined for 82 points in this one AD had 50 LeBron with the other 32 they were playing so well alongside each other it's actually surprised me how quickly they figured things out but that's what the great ones do isn't it they figure it out the Lakers won this game 142 to 125 Kings Rockets from Houston close game saw Sacramento win on a buzzer beater from about 35 feet Nevanya Bialica got the inbound pass with with one second left, threw it up there, and it went in. It was a good shot. It's not like it was rushed or anything. He got a good look at it, good form and everything. But that was a tough loss for Houston. Good win for Sacramento, for t- but uh, tough loss for Houston. They had them. Russell Westbrook drove, got a layup late, and said, that's game. But the Kings had other ideas. They inbounded it and hit the buzzer beater from deep, and the Kings won on the road 119-118. On the same night, just a few minutes apart, 349 miles away in New Orleans, the Pistons played the Pelicans, and Derrick Rose hit a buzzer beater to give the Pistons a two-point win over New Orleans, 105-103. Rose led the team in scoring with 21 off the bench. Rockets-Cavs. The Cavs led for most of this game. But James Harden's 24th quarter points pushed the Rockets to a 116-110 victory in Cleveland. Harden had 55 in the game, 8 assists as well. Westbrook added 23-7-6 in the win. Horns Nets, Devontae Graham again showing out. He had a career-high 40 points in this one. 12 for 21 from the field, 7 for 12 from downtown, 9 of 11 from the free-throw line. The Hornets rallied from a 20-point deficit to win. The game was tied 106-106 when Graham hit a step-back J and then a deep three to make it 11-106 with 22 seconds left. The lead was cut to three, but Miles Bridges made free throw and the Nets missed threes, sealed the win for Charlotte. Final score, 113-108. Knicks Warriors. Nothing like watching the league's two worst teams duel it out, right? This was actually a good game, though. The Knicks won 124-122 to in overtime and did their 10-game losing streak. 
The Warriors now own the worst record in the league at 5 and 22. Who could have seen that coming? From in the finals to worst in the league. If in game 5 of last year's finals, you would not have assumed that the Warriors were going to have the worst record in the league, even at the beginning of the season. You couldn't have predicted Steph's injury or Clay's if you're going back to game 5. Most people knew Kevin Durant was out the door anyway, but Mavs Pistons from Mexico City. Luca put on a show for all the Hispanic fans. A 41-point triple-double en route to a 122-111 win over Detroit. Sixers-Celtics. Philly got a big road win in Boston, winning 115-109. Joel Embiid had his best game of the season. 38 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Tobias Harris added 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. And the leading scorer for the Celtics was Kemba with 29 Bucks Grizzlies. Giannis added to his MVP resume with a 37.11 rebound performance. The Bucks won 124 to one, or excuse me, 127 to 114. But Jaron Jackson Jr. had a career day. 43 points. Had a 26 point third quarter. Dropped seven threes in the period. He was hot. Nearly ended the Bucks 16 game win streak by himself. But it was not enough as the Bucks did extend that win streak to 17 games with the victory in Memphis. Another Mexico City game, Spurs-Suns, and it was another good one. It went to overtime, and the Spurs won by 2, 121-119 on a Patty Mills mid-range jumper with four-tenths of a second left. Mills finished with the game with 26 points. Lamarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan each added 18 for the Spurs. Devin Booker sat this one out with forearm soreness, but Ricky Rubio stepped up in his place and scored 25 points and added 13 assists in the loss. Bulls Clippers from Chicago, Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, and Lou Williams were all out. Landry Shamit returned from injury, however. But the starting group for LA was Terrence Mann, Paul George, Landry Shamit, Maurice Harkless, Ivica Zubats, um, Montresero still coming off the bench. The Bulls were down by three when Denzel Valentine hit a game-tying three to make it 106-106. With 48 seconds left, he finished the game with 16 points off the bench. And after Paul George missed shots on back-to-back possessions that would have given the Clippers the lead, Zach Levine drove into the paint, got the layup, and was fouled by Harrell. Levine made the free throw to put the Bulls up 109-106, and that would be the final score as Paul George missed the game, the potential game-tying shot. Let's move on to some hot topics. The Atlanta Hawks. They're struggling right now. They are tied with Cleveland and New York for the worst record in the East. 6-20. Doesn't sound very much like a hot topic, but I'm getting to that. Trey Young was, invo- was involved in a, quote, emotional locker room scene after their loss to the Nets about a week and a half ago, according to Shams Terenia of The Athletic. Young has been playing well individually this season. He's averaging 27 points and 8 assists per game. He's doing his part. But the team in John Collins' absence, for the most part, is, is they're, they're not stepping up. I've been impressed with the way Jabari Parker has played for them. He's putting up 16-6 and six per game. But otherwise, they're struggling, and Trey's not happy about it. However, according to Shams, a high-ranking official told Trey that he would get help soon. Help on the roster, that is. Which is something they need. That's something that needs to be done in order for this team to turn it around. John Collins coming back will help. But they just flat out need more talent. If they want to make a playoff push, the, pl- the playoff push they were expected to make at the beginning of the season. 
Let's talk about Zion. Zion Williamson, the Pelicans rookie. His injury is taking longer to recover than expected. And his debut will probably have to wait till 2020. According to Mark Stein of the New York Times, there is, quote, resignation around the Pelicans that Zion won't be ready to return it in December as previously expected. The latter half of the six to eight week time frame that was originally given is this week. And Williamson remains limited to light work. Pelicans GM David Griffin talked about the situation and here's what he said. He said, quote, he continues to progress. He's progressing very well. He feels very good about his process. And eight weeks is several days from now. And if we get outside of that, it will be because he hasn't met the metrics for a return to play that are laid out for him and every player on our team. He will not be treated any differently in terms of the return to play metrics. Now, we have to be we have been much more cautious with him in terms of how quickly we've ramped him up from stage to stage because he's 19 and he's still growing and he was 285 pounds when he had the surgery that's a different type of player that's a different type of person it's a population of one so we're obviously going to treat him differently as we ramp him through the stages but there's been no other setback or mission afoot except to get him back on the court as quickly as possible and if you're david griffin you don't have to get him back on the court as quickly as possible I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to come back and win you 40 of your last 50 games. You're not going to make the playoffs regardless of when he returns. Even if if he returned tomorrow or the next day or whenever their next game is, you're not going to make the playoffs. You don't have to rush him to the court. Williamson has been out with a torn meniscus, which he underwent surgery for in October, just a few days before the regular season began. And he looked great in the preseason. As did his team. They were 4-0. The Pelicans were 4-0. And Zion was averaging 23 points a game, shooting 71% from the field. Looking really, really good. But without him, the Pelicans have struggled. They're 6-20. 14th place in the Western Conference. Again, not there's, there's no need to have him back as quickly as possible. But obviously at 6-20, this is not where they hope to, to be at this point in the season. But we all want to see Zion. We can't wait for his return, but we also hope he makes a full recovery and doesn't rush anything to create another potential health problem because he seems to have a lot of those, especially with his knees. I've only heard this from one source, but apparently there's a slim chance that Mike D'Antoni returns as head coach of the Rockets next season. And I don't think it would be a great move by Houston to let him go. With the way the Rockets play, they've built their roster and culture around D'Antoni's style which is threes and layups. And if you take that away, take away D'Antoni and his system, and implement another coach's system, it'll blow things up. This team really isn't built for any other system. This is all about Harden and shooting threes and layups and getting to the free throw line. I think there will be a long adjustment period if D'Antoni leaves. So I hope he doesn't. We'll see. We'll see what happens, though. Luka Doncic news came today. Well, we knew he sprained his ankle last night against the Heat. The Heat won the game in overtime. He left early in the first, did not return. And the news that came out today said he is expected to be out for a couple weeks, probably about two. And that's a tough stretch. This is going to be a tough stretch for them to lose him. They're going on an Eastern Conference road trip and playing the Bucks the Celtics, the 76ers, and the Raptors. 
all games he's expected to miss. Those are four of the top five teams in the East. And they just played the other one, the, the Heat. Those are the top five teams. The Bucks, in no particular order, the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Raptors, and Heat are the top five teams in the East right now. That's a, that's a bad time to lose Luka if you're Dallas. Those are, that's probably going to be four losses. Because he's so essential to their team. He's been playing so well, looking like an MVP candidate, a, a legitimate MVP candidate so far this season. To wrap up today, this day in NBA history in 1997, the Bulls played the Suns in front of their 500th consecutive home sellout crowd. At the time, it was the longest active streak and third longest in NBA history. Portland had 814 consecutive sellouts and Boston had 662. Happy birthday to Jalil Okafor. And we will be back next weekend with another podcast.